Hi, I'm Tiffany. And I'm Rihanna. And welcome or welcome back to Fresh Off the Road. Fresh Off the Road is about personal experiences growing up Asian American in a predominantly white community, Asian media, and Asian pop culture in general. Race has always been a sensitive topic. Every day, there's a base over race. With our podcast, we intend to shed light on the experiences of first-generation Asian immigrants, not put them on a pedestal. We understand that race isn't everything, but there should be an acknowledgement of people of color, the knowledge gap, and the racial divide that will ideally be broken. Now that that's out of the way, let's get into the episode. Today's topic is language school. Now, what do we mean by language school, Rihanna? Good question. Generally, (laughs) by language school, we mean after school or weekend classes that for the most part, someone's parents or guardians sign their kids up to learn a language. Um, mostly, it is their, related to their own culture. But I have met a few people who take language schools that or are part of language schools that they have no personal relation to. So Tiffany and I both had pretty different experiences with language school. Um, Spoiler alert, I did not go to a language school, Um, but I think that's pretty reflective on first-gen kids in general. Um, You know, there's two different sides, those who went and those who didn't, and I think our own experiences encompass that pretty generally, but pretty well, I would say. Mm -hmm. So with, with this episode, you're essentially... Which I, guess, which I guess is a good thing, for t- particularly for this episode. You're going to be able to hear two very different experiences regarding language school. Because for me, since kindergarten, I, I took it from the kindergarten age all the way up until the eighth grade, which is with the length of the, the school system. Yeah. And then Brianna went from never to never. Yeah. Pretty much. <laughs> and so there's that. Yeah. Aside from language school, at least in Canada, we are required to learn a second language. Well, not a second language. We're, we're required to learn French as a second language. And it's pretty interesting. Well, it has historical background. It's because, in short, when the English and the French were fighting to colonize Canada. <laughs> yes. They they came to a little agreement, as one could put it. And so people in Canada now have two languages that they must learn. Because yeah. Canada has two official languages. Yeah. French, and I almost said Canadian, <laughs> English. Yeah. There are also schools where you can learn everything in French. So I think that's called French immersion. There's two different types. Core French and French immersion. Yes. So. Oh, and then there's, I forget what it's called, but you can take it, you can do fr- French immersion later. You can start in middle school instead of in primary school. And there's a name for it. Something, something... Something later. I can't remember. But yeah, there are lots of options. Um, 
However, I will say this. It sometimes backfires on parents. Um, I've heard this a lot. Mm-hmm. And also, like, friends who are in French immersion tell me about this. Mm-hmm. Um, because pretty much, like, when you enroll your kid into French immersion, most parents do it because, like, they want their child to be fluent in French. Makes sense. But sometimes, like, they the parents themselves don't speak French. Mm-hmm. And I've had a few friends or heard a couple parents saying that their child who was in French immersion, they could not teach them like math or help them with math and science because they don't, their kids don't understand what they were saying in English. Right. Yeah. So there is. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. There was, there's a whole like issue with that apparently. Um, Mm Hmm. And it essentially, like, I've heard parents saying that it feels like they're teaching their kid everything from scratch in terms of, like, math and science. Yeah, yeah. They don't know any English terms for it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. There is a downside to that. Mm-hmm. Because the main difference with French immersion and core French is that for French immersion, you would usually start in kindergarten and then you're just learning in French you wouldn't really speak English at all. And all your work would also be printed in French, your worksheets and everything. And then core French is your main language of delivery is English. And then you learn French alongside. It's a French class. You'll take, well, your homeroom teacher could teach it to you or you'll have to go to a different teacher, but you learn French alongside learning in English. Personally, I only took French uh, for the required time that I needed to take French. So uh, I think I started learning French in the fourth grade up until yeah. um, the end of middle school, so eighth grade. And then in high school, you only need French for one year. So I took it in grade nine, and I honestly did plan on taking it for longer than that. However, I was cursed with one of the worst teachers at our school. And I was too traumatized from that experience, so I stopped taking French. I see. Yeah, I think. I say that like I didn't know that already. (laughs) Yeah. Tiffany knows why, like, how bad this teacher is. And yeah, but I was just, I had a very bad experience with this teacher in grade nine French, and I, I could not put myself through that again, so. Yeah, that's why I stopped taking French. What about you, Tiffany? (laughs) For me, I took French for the required time and then also took it all throughout high school. And, well, a big part of it was because I I like learning languages. And I mean, I had, I was already taking well, we'll get into this later, but I was already taking Mandarin classes. And so it didn't make a huge difference to me if I learned another language. Or I, I thought, in my mind, especially as a kid, I thought it was cool. And then because I did pretty well in the French classes that I took, I continued doing it because one, learning, and then two, not necessarily an easy grade, but it was something that I was already doing well in, so why not? 
that makes sense. Also, along with the fact that there is the French requirement, you are allowed to also take other language classes if they're offered at your school. For example, I used to know someone who said that at their middle school they could take Cantonese, which I thought was really interesting because that wouldn't be the first language that comes to mind. I would think maybe something like Spanish or something just more Latin-based just because it's not super common in Canada for you to learn an Asian language or just yeah. a non-Latin language just because schools aren't that inclusive. I, I, I could not imagine. I, I think maybe it was a situational thing. Because I don't know where that person grew up. Yeah. Um, also, just to clarify about the French requirement, it's a little um, iffy. They don't say this explicitly. It's more of like a life hack kind of thing. Oh, <laughs> but life hack. In high school, as I said, French is required for one year at least. However, if your school offers another language class, so I know friends of mine have like their schools offer Spanish, you can actually take Spanish instead of taking French for one year. Just for the one year? Yeah, like you can just substitute French for a different language. But oh. most schools, well, I don't actually, I don't know if most schools, but a lot of schools don't offer a second or a I guess, third language option mm -hmm. for students to learn. And I think it's one of those things that it's like, it's in the fine print, but people won't like tell you that, oh, you can take Spanish instead of French. Yeah. Yeah. I also didn't know that. Yeah. I only knew that because uh, a friend of mine told me and I was like, wow, I wish I could have done that because I would like to learn another language, but like anything other than French because I mean we spent at least four years in our primary education days learning French mm -hmm. yeah I mean I just like to learn basics of different languages mm -hmm. I like that yeah thank you <laughs> I mean you didn't need me to <laughs> respect that for you to do it but it's interesting because even though you do have to learn French at least well, prior to high school you don't have to use it as much as you think oh, in no. Canada no. it's interesting because in Canada the sign everything has to have an English version and a French version even on packaging but then Socially, most places you don't need to speak French and you also wouldn't. The only place where it's more prevalent would be in, in Quebec. And even then, if they, and I guess this is something that happens in most places that have another language. If you go there and you try to speak the language and they notice that you're not very good at it, they will just speak to you in English. Yeah. So there's that. <laughs> yeah. It's, and people, like, a lot of people say, like, oh, maybe if you were in French immersion, they wouldn't be able to tell. No, 
they can tell. Canadian French has a very specific, like, accent to it, I guess. Mm-hmm, yeah. We, in school, we get taught an interesting, well, we kind of get taught a more standard French. I know, when I had this one French teacher in high school, he did show us one or two versions of things that you could say if you wanted to speak Canadian French, but that wasn't really what we learned. And so if you were to go to Quebec and you spoke French fine, they would probably still think about it in the back of their head. The people you're speaking to. Yeah. Mm -hmm. As I mentioned earlier, I do not have any experience with a language school. I was not signed up for a language school, nor do I think there are language schools that teach Filipino dialects. I could be wrong about that. However, I... I've heard of Tagalog classes. Well, it's not like they have, like, established schools. Or it's just more of, like, a oh, like a second, second language class, like a small thing. No, yeah, I mean, well, I didn't go to a Chinese school, per se. It was more... I was part of an international language, that's what it was called. It was like an international language program thing. And then there was a giant list of languages that were offered. And I chose, well, I didn't choose, my parents chose for me, but (laughs) we chose Mandarin. Well, okay, I guess then what I think I, like, what I'm trying to say is that um, Filipino children don't normally get put into Filipino language classes because uh-huh. it's generally that it's expected that they speak Tagalog or whatever dialect because I, I speak Tagalog or I grew up hearing Tagalog. Um, you just learn it from your parents speaking to you um all of my filipino friends either speak or understand it simply because that's what their parents spoke to them when they were growing up um yeah i don't know anyone who took filipino classes and i think it's safe to say that that's a general thing for first gen population here um, I know a lot of people also just don't can't understand and can't speak in general, but for the most part, uh, a lot of people are like me in that they can understand it and they can maybe speak it. However, I'm not good at speaking it. Do you find that a lot of Filipino families or, I don't know, like a decent amount of Filipino families, they speak Tagalog at home? Because I do know that English is a pretty majorly spoken language in the Philippines. Oh, yeah. So in the Philippines, um, in schools, from what I've heard, you are not allowed to speak Tagalog or any other dialect. You only speak English in schools. You learn all your subjects in schools. It's essentially like French immersion, but English. (laughs) 
Um, right. Yeah. So, yeah, for the most part, if your parents, like, speak it fluently, like, they didn't grow up here in Canada, um, they would speak Tagalog. Mm-hmm. Again, it's again, it's different for every family, but generally. Oh yeah, of course. Uh, yeah, um, I think it's funny though because when I was younger, I saw a couple videos of me, um, just like talking as a child, and uh-huh. my English sounds a little wonky because I spoke English in a somewhat of a Filipino accent because that's how my parents spoke English. But right. I also watched a lot of, like, Western TV. So it's just, like, this halfway between Filipino accent in English and just, like, a regular Canadian accent, I guess. Um, yeah. It's pretty funny because um, I think I think this is also a possibly a shared experience in the Filipino community. But okay. in Filipino or in Tagalog, you yeah. say salmon, you pronounce the L in salmon. So you say salmon. You say sal. Okay. Well, yeah. you say it, it's in an accent, but like I can't do the accent. Uh-huh. I'm not, I'm not going to make you do that. <laughs> Thank you. But when I grew up, I thought that that was just my parents saying it weirdly, like in a Filipino accent. And uh-huh. so I thought that you were supposed to say the L in salmon. So. Uh-huh. Like most of my life, I was saying, "Oh, I would really like some salmon, please." I see. Yeah, and I like my relatives. They used to do that too. So I just thought that the way that you said it in English was salmon, salmon. Like that's just how you said it. Mm-hmm. So someone was like, "Why are you saying it like that?" And then I realized that's not how that works. It's not. How how long did it take you to learn that? When did when did someone tell you? Pretty embarrassingly long time. To yeah, say. Was, was it a one day at school or was it? Yeah, it was. Huh. And I understand that that happens to a lot of people sometimes because, especially if you grow up in a family where your parents or your guardians, they don't speak English uh, as their first language. They don't speak English on a native level. They're definitely going to make mistakes so they'll end up saying things in very specific ways. And you, being the kid, haven't even really been exposed to the <clears throat> excuse me outside world. Yeah. You're not going to know that they're incorrect. Yeah, exactly. Until someone calls me out, apparently. Mm-hmm. Yeah, even now, I have to consciously think, like, it's salmon. Oh, really? Yes, it's like, when I say salmon, it sounds wrong to me. But also, like, I'm in that weird gray period where it's like, okay, it's not salmon, but it's salmon. But I still, like, the word salmon doesn't feel right on my tongue, (laughs) you know? Uh So, yeah. Like, the fact that I'm in that awkward period is telling of how long ago I found out it's not salmon. Oh. Yeah, that's all I'll say. Well, thank you for sharing. That was a very amusing story. Well, thank you. (laughs) 
if you if you had the chance, would you take a class today? Um, see, this is the issue. I tried to learn Tagalog on like Duolingo. Oh, they have it on Duolingo? Yeah, surprisingly they do. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, I just wanted to learn it because I wanted to get better at speaking. However, Duolingo, like, they are teaching me things that I already know. Right. So, like, they're teaching at a very beginner level. Even, mm-hmm. like, the intermediate stuff or, like, I guess, quote-unquote advanced stuff. I know. Like, I, I know what it says, what it means. I can tell it the word. It's just that I need a lot of practice. And at that point, it's not that the practice on Duolingo will help me. It's that, like, real-life con- conversations will help me. Right. Yeah. I had a similar experience when I was playing with the Mandarin the, the Mandarin option on Duolingo. Because I found that when you start, they have a placement test, right? Yeah. And the thing is, the Mandarin lesson the the way they structured the mandarin thing was paint would be painfully easy for someone that knew mandarin yeah but it would also not be helpful for someone that was trying to learn it just because it's not a latin-based language and so you would have to learn what the characters say and also understand the words but that's not what they teach they teach you the character and they show you how to pronounce the word is associated with and they don't I mean they do teach you the English counterpart but not in the most helpful way and so I was for me I was sitting there playing it like a game which I shouldn't have been doing (laughs) but that was how poorly structured it was yeah sorry Duolingo (laughs) I mean Duolingo Duolingo, sorry. Jeez. Duolingo. Duolingo. Duolingo is great for beginners. Like, it's a very... Not for Mandarin beginners. Oh, well, no. They need to fix that. Latin-based languages, I mean. Mm-hmm. For beginners, it's easy to start. But, yeah. Other than Agreed. that, I think I tried learning Thai on Duolingo. Yeah. Oh, the Korean's not that bad on Duolingo. I oh, yeah, was, I that is true. Or what it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I it stand really by depends. That. It depends on the language that you're learning. Mm-hmm, yeah. But Latin-based language is definitely easiest. Oh, yeah, for sure. Now let's hear from someone who actually has experience with a language school. <laughs> Looks around. No one? Okay. Well, thank you for tuning in today. <laughs> no, I I can share my experience. <laughs> we have a taker. What if I don't take it? Thank you for tuning in today. <laughs> okay. Well, as I, as I mentioned earlier, from around kindergarten age, I started at the age of four, which is when people usually start kindergarten in Canada. And then I took Mandarin classes all the way up until the eighth grade, which was when it ended for that particular school. And I chose not to move on to take 
Mandarin classes in high school because my family and I, we both personally felt like I, I had enough. Not I had enough of this. <laughs> Screw it. It was more we felt that I had enough education and that I could I could get by. And so we stopped because that school only went from kindergarten to the eighth grade. And so if you were to take high school level classes, you'd probably have to go to a different school that offered it. And that wasn't the most viable option for us. Because this is actually an interesting, I think this, this could be relatable to first-gen kids that take language classes. So there were Mandarin classes in a, at a closer area, but it was really expensive. So my family decided <laughs> that we would drive around an hour away to this other place that was way cheaper for me to take Mandarin classes. So, and I was the only person, arguably, in the entire school <laughs> that lived that far away. Because I remember in class, and I guess this is a little tangent, it is related, but in class, my teacher randomly asked me where, where I was from, and I said the area. And she was confused. She was like, no, what's the nearest highway and what's the nearest intersection or whatever? And I said, I'm from here. And she was joking, everyone was confused. <laughs> and it wasn't like she didn't know the area. She was just confused Yeah. To, to my answer. And so I explained to her, no, I have to travel from here to here to get the Chinese score. She was like, what? why? why? <laughs> <laughs> and I had to explain to her and I mean we did kind of discuss this in the crazy cheap Asians episode but I I thought that she would get it and I mean she kind of yeah. did when I explained to her that it was to save money mm-hmm. even though technically if you account for gas money I don't know how much money we're saving there actually no the Mandarin class at that other place was really expensive so maybe we did say I don't know. I'm sure know. you did. Yeah. <laughs> but that was that was something. And it was funny because I would show up on time or early every time and some people they would be late to school even though they lived nearby. Mm-hmm. And so my teacher kind of my teachers, I didn't have the same teacher all throughout, would make an example out of me <laughs> in in a joking way, of course. Well, in a joking way and also not in a joking way because they took punctuality pretty seriously. But they would say, Tiffany has to travel an hour, half an hour, however long to get here and she's on time and you live across the street. You <laughs> can't even get out. Yikes. <laughs> I mean, it's a good point. True. There was this one guy that was notorious for always being late. He always showed up about 15 minutes late. It was crazy. He would always show up. It was the class was from around nine to twelve, and he would always show up at nine fifteen or nine thirty. People didn't really take it that seriously, <laughs> for the most part. And I don't know how he got away with it. I mean, he didn't, but he also did. 
no one got expelled for doing that. And I guess, would you in a normal school system get expelled for being late all the time? I would say maybe you would get a letter home or something. Maybe in private school. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. I've never thought about it. Because never happened. <laughs> hmm. If you know, leave a comment down below. Yeah, let us know if, if that is that with you, or if you want some anonymity, you can say I had a friend. <laughs> yeah. Asking for a friend. I know a guy who. <laughs> yeah. And then you give an overly detailed story. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, tangent aside about location and cost and everything. When I took Mandarin, so. The Chinese writing system, there's the old traditional writing system, and then there's the simplified, more modern system. And by simplified, really, it took a few strokes away, or sometimes it would take a side character away, which I know sounds weird to people that don't know or aren't really educated about the Chinese language, but because we have a pictorial system, per se, when they simplified or modernized it, they took away just certain parts of the character, but it still maintained the integrity, or it still had the same language, of not language, <laughs> of course it was the same language, it had the same meaning. Because the thing is, from the very beginning, it used to be a very pictorial system. Almost like when we think of cavemen and how they drew <laughs> with sticks or stones or whatever, mm-hmm. back then they would draw, for example, a fish, and then over time it kind of evolved into a character. And so for the first few years of my education in Chinese school, I learned under the traditional writing system, because that was the only system available at our school. That was the only way that our textbooks were printed in. And the thing is, as a kid, honestly, the traditional writing system, depending on the character, isn't that hard or isn't that different from the simplified writing system. But as a child, when you're just learning to write for the first time, especially in Chinese, it's hard, man. <laughs> it is difficult. It's, and so growing up, I make jokes about how I never had the whole doing math at the, at the kitchen table with dad thing. Because my parents aren't very well educated because they didn't have that opportunity. And, but I do have the experience of doing my Chinese homework and being yelled at <laughs> to learn the characters. And it was so, it's kind of, it's not that bad. But when you look back at it, it just seems so sad because you have me as a little kid sitting there writing and just crying. <laughs> Because it was so hard. And the thing is, as part of our homework, this was one part, we would have this sheet, or along the left, it was kind of a, yeah, a square grid. And so on the left, you would have the characters you would have to write, and you would have to repeat it however many times along the grid, I don't know, eight times for each character. And it was hard, because you have to try to make sure it looks the same all throughout. And you're also doing the right strokes because Chinese writing, you can't just write it. You have to remember, oh, you have to start from the left and you do the horizontal lines first 
and you don't draw the box first, you start the box and then you write the stuff inside and then you close the box. These are very important rules. But as a kid, you don't really get it. And so you write however you feel like and then you get yelled at for it and then you cry. <laughs> Moving on. A few years afterwards, they, my school, they started offering a simplified learning experience. Well, not a simplified learning experience, but they started offering the note, what am I saying? The textbooks using a simplified writing system. And it wasn't that you transferred into a new class. You would still be in the same class. or You would still be taking, retaining the same information. It was just that your textbook was printed and simplified. And so my parents switched me to that not because of me crying. It was because they wanted to follow the time since my family were from mainland China. And mainland China uses the modern writing system as opposed to places like Taiwan or Hong Kong. They use the traditional writing system. And so they made the switch to follow the time. Not because of the crying. <laughs> <laughs> we make jokes about how it was because of that, but that was not why. I, I think they would have... If that was the only system offered all throughout, they would have just made me keep doing it. And then, I don't know, eventually, eh, she'll get over it. Imagine if I just didn't. And then whenever I hand in my homework, it'd just be kind of wrinkled, yeah. <laughs> tear stained. Yeah, just smudged everywhere. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Something, an interesting takeaway, or just an observation I made. So when we're talking about people learning French, a lot of the times there'll be a lot of people that don't take it seriously or don't really care because it won't make that big of an effect on their life or it won't have a big impact on their life. There were a decent amount of people that were like that for my Chinese classes because even though it wasn't a required thing for them to learn, it was seen as something that, oh, your parents just signed you up for it. Oh, it's so annoying. I have to take a class on the weekend. Uh, and whatever. And so there would be a pretty big portion of students that wouldn't really try or they would quit really early on. There's actually this whole meme, this whole joke about people taking Chinese classes or Mandarin classes and then quitting, I don't know, in the third grade and the fourth grade. They just wouldn't finish because they got bored or they didn't care. They thought it was too hard. And in a way, it also kind of reflected in the teachers that we had, because for the majority of my time learning Mandarin at my Chinese school, not many of the teachers would really focus on actually teaching us and making sure that we understood the language or we learned. It was more just, okay, this is a lesson from the textbook. We read it. We read it aloud yeah we read it aloud and then okay homework and it wasn't until maybe it was really later on like a lot later on I think maybe when I was at the middle school level when I started having teachers that would actually try to teach us and it really did affect my Mandarin learning because at the beginning I had a pretty hard time learning, but then when the teacher started to try, I picked it up really easy, and it was almost like something finally clicked in my head, and I knew Mandarin. 
genuinely. Because <laughs> at the beginning, it was more just the teacher speaking at you because they also didn't really care and they could tell the student didn't really care. So let's just get this over with kind of thing. Mm. But then later on, when you have teachers that really care and you want to learn, or at least like my philosophy in life <laughs> is that if I'm going to do something, I might as well put effort or because I'm spending time doing this or because I'm devoting a portion of my life to it. I might as well not waste that time away. Yeah. Because I'm there, and I'm going to be there no matter what. Yeah. And so I wanted to learn. If I'm going to if I'm gonna be in this Mandarin class, I might as well learn Mandarin. Yeah. <laughs> Which is the purpose of the class. <laughs> and I, I'm really thankful to those teachers I had later on that really cared, because they were a big part of how I actually learned Mandarin. And I... I don't know, it's just because there's this whole thing about how a lot of teachers in general, just even outside Chinese school, people have a lot of bad experiences with teachers. And so when you meet teachers that really care about their students or teachers that don't hate kids, it's very inspiring yeah. in a way. And you kind of wish there were more people like that. And you kind of wish that the system in a way didn't treat teachers the way it did or just that the system in becoming a teacher was different, and so there would be more teachers like that. Yeah. It's pretty sad, honestly. I mean, and I'm sad that it took a while, but I'm glad that you have, you've had good teachers that really helped. It kind of did take a really long time, if you think about it, because from the age of four up until middle school, how many years is that? That's more than 10 years, right? What age are you when you start middle school? Let me think about this. When you're like, four, grade, I. When you're nine is, or no, middle school. Yeah, no. Junior kindergarten, senior kindergarten. I think oh, it's like junior, 12. Junior, senior, grade one, two, three, four, five, six. Okay, like 11 or 12. When you're 11 or 12. So it took about seven or eight years. Dang. That is too long. And I, you know what? I'm, I'm happy that I know Mandarin because... I enjoy watching, a lot. I mean, the Asian variety episode or just when we, talk <laughs> about, or when we just talk about shows in general in any episode. I really enjoy consuming that kind of content. Hmm. And it's because I know the language that I can consume it in general and also without having to worry about whether or not there's English subtitles. Because the thing is with media in mainland China a lot of it is in Mandarin it's kind of like how in the Philippines you said that in school you only can speak English mm -hmm. in China you only speak Mandarin and so sometimes the other dialects they disappear in a way well they're not really represented in the mainstream media mm. and so me knowing Mandarin helps me understand the show even though there are Chinese subtitles they're the Chinese words at the bottom, but this way I can also hear it. Mm -hmm. And that's also a way that I can practice as well. Yeah. And I'm and I'm doing it in a way that's entertaining for me. So win-win situation. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All in all, I don't regret 
going to Chinese school. I know a lot of people do for various reasons. I personally don't regret it because I thought it was a good learning experience. I can, I'm literate, which is pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. No, it's, Chinese is hard, man. No, just you that statement out of context is so funny. You're not happy for me for being literate? I am very happy. That's a privilege in this world, and I don't mean that in a sarcastic way. I am very happy that you are literate. (laughs) Yes, I can read and write and speak Mandarin, which is pretty cool. Well, I mean, you don't read and write Mandarin, you read and write Chinese, but I can do that. And I also made a lot of great friends along the way that I still maintain contact with. That is very wholesome. Mm-hmm. I will <laughs> I will have to say that the majority of them did not learn anything. <laughs> <laughs> they did fall under the category of people I was talking about earlier that didn't uh. really try. And part of it was because some of them were from Mandarin-speaking families, and so they knew a little bit, and so they're like, eh, I don't really care. <laughs> And I made a lot of great friends along the way. So yay! Sometimes it's not about the end goal. It's about the friends we made along the way. Except the end goal is also important in this case. Learning. Yeah. (laughs) Although Tiffany and I both have very different experiences, we still both understand our languages to a certain extent. However, There is a large portion of the Asian diaspora that does not speak their own language, and it is very important to note that does not make you any less Asian. A hundred percent. And I've spoken to a lot of people where they feel like they're not Asian enough or they feel like they can't identify as Asian because they don't know their language and they feel really bad about it. And the thing is, There are a lot of situations where sometimes, for example, maybe you just happen to have grown up where your parents only spoke English to you, and so that's what you got used to, and then you learn English in school, and then you don't really get a chance to learn your language, which is one of the many situations. Mm -hmm. And, of course, if you you want to, and if that's something you care about, etc., you can definitely go and learn your language and that's a great thing but if you don't know it it's not something that you should be feeling guilty about or feeling like you you failed in a way yeah I know it's a lot easier to say than to actually internalize in a way but you whether or not you know in certain language, it doesn't take away the fact that you are from this culture, you are this ethnicity. And as also, long as you're like proud of it. Oh yeah. You how do I don't I'm not exactly sure how to put it, but you don't have to know the language to be like a true member of your own yeah. culture. Of course you can learn it. It's never too late to learn. Yeah, that too. And it also, like, it will feel hard. But, and also, I know some people feel ashamed for learning at such, like, a, uh, 
I guess, older age as compared to just learning it as a child. Mm-hmm. But again, it's never too late to learn. Yeah, it's never too late to pick it up. And if you put a lot of time and effort into it, you can definitely do it. Yeah, it's a very respectable thing, if anything. Mm-hmm. I would never, even if we're not talking about language learning, there there are people in their 50s or however, whatever age, and they take adult, I'm not, I can't remember what it's called, but they'll go to quote-unquote adult school or like, for people that they're like kind of college or university like classes for older people per se. Yeah. yeah. And they'll and they'll get de- and they do it for a degree or for this and that because they want to further their education. And I think that's a very respectable thing to do too. It's it's yeah. not something to be ashamed of. You're you're working on yourself. You want to expand your knowledge. Yeah. Respectable thing. Very respectable. Mm-hmm. The main message that we want you to take out of this is, well, look at the way that this episode was structured. We have, we're talking about language school, and there's two people, Rihanna and I, that have very different experiences. One that, what's so funny, Rihanna? No, I'm kidding. Okay. Not laughing. Agreeing. <laughs> With our podcast, the whole point is celebrating, acknowledging, and also educating people on the first-gen experience and just the various experiences that people across the Asian diaspora have. And even with this episode alone, you see certain contrasts and certain differences, even just between the two of us. And so if you're someone that doesn't know your own language, is trying to learn your own language, or something else (laughs) anyone out there that's listening maybe they don't know their own language maybe they do know their language maybe maybe they took a lot of time and struggled to learn it maybe you're learning it right now maybe you're thinking about it we hope that we're able to touch and also speak to you in a way we support you in whatever journey you're embarking on in terms of your in terms of your own language and your knowledge of that language, or lack thereof. As always, thank you guys for tuning in today. Yes, thank thank you always for tuning in. Leave a comment down below if you took a language class, maybe let us know what language it was. If you have an experience regarding learning French as a second language, whether that be core French, French immersion, or you want to elaborate on that program I was talking about where you can yeah. learn French later on please do yes and I'd like to know yes yeah and if you have any funny stories maybe any weird well not weird but like if you have any funny stories from your experiences learning a language let us know maybe you were self-studying maybe you had an experience where there was a girl in your Chinese school that drove an hour to get to the class, and then whenever you were late, you got yelled at. Did you go to the same Chinese school as me? <laughs> yeah, let us know. Yeah, let us know. Maybe don't write the name of the school, but say, hey, we were in the same Chinese class. I was the kid that got yelled at. <laughs> yeah. Leave a comment down below if you thought it was salmon. 
because I still think it is self. Mm-hmm. And also, if you're someone, like we've been saying, you're someone that hasn't learned their own language or didn't learn their own language, let us, let us know what that was like. Let us know your experience. Maybe you used to feel bad about it and you don't feel bad about it anymore. Maybe you've been thinking about it lately and you feel pretty bad about it. Let us know. We're, we're here. This is a safe space. You can write whatever you want. Well, not whatever you want. Don't write something inflammatory. Yeah. But write whatever you want. Yeah. This is a safe space, clearly, because I just told you guys how about... I I used to say salmon, okay? For the longest time. (laughs) This is something she'll carry with her throughout the rest of her life. Yes, this is a burden on my back. Mm -hmm. I said salmon. Leave a comment down below if you didn't say so. <laughs> Maybe don't, because I will. If I <laughs> That's true. You should probably delete your comment and then block you. Maybe report you too. Yeah, reported for being mean. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Anyways, if you guys like this episode and want to stay connected with us, check out our website in the description. It contains links to our streaming platforms such as Spotify, Anchor, Apple Podcasts, and more. Follow us for more behind-the-scenes content, announcements, and other random things you decide to put on there. See you next time. Bye! Bye.